Okay, it is 1.30 on the dot. Great job, everybody. Are you recording? No, thank you. You're a tech guy, aren't you? Mm. <laughs> I'll just smile. Okay. Did I click this on my beard, or what do I do? Oh, yeah, that's great. Okay. Thank you. Okay. So this is the Discipling the Nations um, in your neighborhood talk, cross-cultural ministry. I don't honestly know the exact title because I didn't write the title. They, they kind of adjusted it. So does anybody like to read the title for us all? How to Make Disciples of the Nations Around You, Cross-Cultural Living. Sounds like a great title. I love it. <laughs> okay, I'm trying to figure out how to... Hey, I'm not offended. You can leave. Leave now before it gets more awkward. No, it's okay. <laughs> I'm done. It's kind of getting awkward now. I'm used to Okay. So, yeah, just like in a class and, you know, day one of college, if you're not supposed to be here, you know, or if you don't want to be here, I'm not offended. You can peace out, so... Um, I'm just going to try to get this thing figured up here. Okay, I'm trying to figure out how to extend this thing to the other. Could you help me with this? Sorry. I actually majored in engineering. This is not... Oh, you're Mac guy. I, I, I just want to get this to the other desktop because I want to be able to talk from that. Thank you. <laughs> awesome. Uh, hey, thanks for coming. Um, really honored that I get to share. Uh, I'm not the expert in this, though I've just been uh, learning a lot as we go. Um, I grew up in a small, white farming community, Marysville, Ohio. It's not so small anymore, but it was small and farmers and, and very few other ethnicities in my like world. I think there was maybe one African-American that was in family that was in my high school and so, like, I didn't, I didn't grasp the nations at all. I had an infatuation with Sweden because I liked a band that was Swedish, <laughs> right? So that was how the Lord started my heart for missions, okay? Dancing. Anybody else? No, not ABBA. I'm, okay, ABBA's fine, okay? But there's other things in terms of Sweden. Um, but the Lord can use anything, right? Even, like, weird, you know, uh, things. So, um, awesome. So... Yeah, so just so you know, like, I, I did not come, like, I'm not, I'm basically as, like, German-Norwegian as you can get, and my family's not multi-ethnic, um, and so, but what really started for me, just down this journey, is one that kind of interesting infatuation with that Swedish band, because they were kind of like this Christian metal band that I was into, uh, Blindside, I'm sure you've never heard of them, anybody heard of that? Yeah, we should talk, we should talk. Um... <laughs> Thank you very much, Roger. <laughs> um, but yeah, so my dream was like I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to college. I'm gonna go to Sweden, pick up a Swedish girl, bring her back to the states on a, you know, I'll go on a mission trip to Sweden, bring her back to the states, marry her. I didn't consider what the Swedish girl would have any opinions or like, <laughs> like care for her life. This is just where I was at as an 18 year old punk kid, and so. 
But I came into a ministry, I got invited into a ministry called Chi Alpha. Uh, Chi Alpha is the Assemblies of God arm into universities and colleges, secular universities and colleges. And so one of the things that Chi Alpha does, the main thing that Chi Alpha does is disciple college students. We reach college students, we disciple them, and then we send them out. It's like a highway or like a creek or a river. So we reach them, we only have them for a couple of years, and we send them out. One of the beautiful things about the campus is that there's like every nation, every creed, every belief system pretty much exists 24-7 on the college campuses. Maybe not the exact college campus by you, but if you, even if you include all of Ohio, you can probably get every belief system is existing in a person, even like the weird ones and the combined ones on a university. And so the opportunity to reach the nations on the university is unlike anything else. You may not have a Hispanic community in your community, but probably the local college is at least thinking, wow, we are seeing a lot more Hispanics apply to our college. We probably need to make a club or an office or that kind of stuff. And so um, I remember I just my, my small group leader, Jason Thompson, went to China on a mission trip to play basketball, to teach Chinese students how to play basketball. He was the worst basketball player I ever met. Jason was. I loved him. He loved Jesus, but he did not know how to play basketball. But they did, that wasn't required. And so he's like, can you teach me how to play basketball? I'm going to China in like three weeks. So I was like, dude, I can only make up so much ground here. He was bad. Uh, I had to teach him what a foul was, okay, and uh, how to dribble. So, um, but anyway, so he did that. But I could tell his, his heart for the nations was growing. And kind of vicariously, I was like, oh, there's something going on here. Um, uh, so, okay, yes, um, so that was really impactful for me to watch it kind of play out in another, honestly, very, very white guy that didn't know the nations until he came to the campus. I saw him love internationals on the campus. He challenged me to get a language partner. I said, I don't know what that is, and he taught me about it, and so, um, I started meeting with a student a grad student, and to be honest, I don't remember his name because it's been so long ago, um, and, I, and I didn't really even do that good of a job maintaining the relationship with him, um, but I remember sitting in our student union at Wright State University every Friday at like 11 o'clock, which is early for a college student, and um, uh, he, he would buy me orange sunkissed every time. Because when we went into the, because we went into the union to go buy some food, and I was like, I'm not really hungry. Just I'll just. Have, he's like, let me buy you a drink. I'm like, okay, sure. I was like, I don't know, orange sunkiss. And so he buys me an orange sunkiss. Then every day after that, every week I met him, he had a cold orange sunkiss waiting for me when I sat down. And to be honest, I was probably one of the worst language partners in the world. Okay, not because I didn't care. I just had no idea what I was doing. I was very immature, very uh, selfish. I, I, I like just sat there and I was doing engineering too, so I was tired. So there's honestly, there's sometimes I was like nodding off when I'm doing a one-on-one -on -one conversation with this guy, which is really embarrassing because this guy's way smarter than I am. But I just knew that there was something that needed to happen in me. And I just, I saw it in other people. I'm thinking, I just got to keep moving in this. I, I see this in God's heart and I just need, I need to kind of continue to do this. So that was like the very early stages. Okay. So just so you know, like, you know, started from the bottom. Okay, so God's doing some good things. Now we've had internationals live in our house. 
uh, we have we we married an international girl out of our house, uh, and now she's got two kids with her with her Ghanaian husband, and we consider her a part of the family. Um, my kids are praying for the nations. Um, they have missionary friends. They have international friends. It like this is like such a rich life for us, and this is we're not because we're doing it all right, but part of this is like my life you know like you know when you graduate from ketchup to like real condiments (laughs) you know what i'm talking about and you like look at people that just have ketchup you're like who are you like a child you know what i mean like right hot sauce and sriracha that no offense if you're into ketchup but like (laughs) ministry without the nations is kind of like ketchup on a hot dog right it's like lame, but you don't know it's lame because you've never had anything else. And so you've had some better flavors. You're like, wow, there is a world of flavors that is opening up to me. And how did I miss all of this? And you're like, I would never go back. I don't, don't even offer me ketchup. Seriously, like I, had, I was, went out to eat with some people last night and some person like, can you pass me the ketchup? And I had to not judge them because I'm just thinking like, <laughs> there is a world of spices out there, right? anything you know i'd rather just have straight fries you know uh, but um yeah sorry i probably digress a little bit but um i want to challenge us uh just to rethink discipling the nations a little bit this does not require thousands of dollars on a mission trip though you know for you it would you know um but there's an aspect where the lord has providentially brought the nations to our neighborhoods and there's all, and I, I love mission trips. I've had the bless, uh, the awesome opportunity to probably go, um, I don't know, a dozen mission trips. We take students on mission trips every year, but it's always this good wrestling of like, I can go overseas and go to and meet Africans, or I can just actually love the Africans that the Lord has brought me, or I could do both, right? And I actually think that the Lord is calling us to do both, okay? Because, um, and one of the cool things about when you reach internationals, especially on a college campus, that's my context, maybe not everybody's context. When, when we would meet internationals, sometimes their English, English is not their primary language, obviously. And so there's like a barrier there, right? Where they, it, my judgment may feel like they're not as worthy or educated or invested into what we're doing because their language skills, and particularly in English, aren't as good as mine if that makes sense, okay? However, they're probably smarter. If they're on a college campus, they're definitely smarter than me. Uh, They may have more community connections than a lot of us, right? They have families, they have hearts, they have dreams, God has called them. They have giftings that could radically transform our ministries and our churches, but sometimes we miss those things because we're just kind of, we're gauging their heart based on their language skills. Does that make sense? If I go overseas, it's going to take me a lifetime to figure out another language. And I hope that they don't gauge my heart based on just my, my limited language, right? And so they'll, like, I've met, I've met genius students on our campuses that are l- certified genius, but they have the English skills of, like, my 10-year-old daughter just because of time. And English is hard to learn. It's very hard to learn. And so we have to rethink what God is doing among us and kind of like, okay, what, what opportunities does God have in front of us? Uh, with the nations. Does that make sense? So um, my hope is just to kind of do this inspire a little bit to share some scripture and I want to share some examples and then hopefully we'll have time for Q&A. 
Uh, this started at 1.30, so 2.30 is when I need to be done. And so, um, and Jose Fernando, no, Francisco. Francisco. Okay, he's going to help us out a little bit. Uh, he is our resident expert now. Okay, so <laughs> I'm submitting to him. Okay, no, I didn't know. Yeah. So we're all talking about reaching the nations and... Okay, your name, ma'am, can you say, say your name for everybody? Barney. Can you say your name for everybody? Uh, Esther. Esther? Esther. Okay. Okay, and where are you from? Uruguay. Uruguay. Wow. Well, you, you were born there? And yes. how long you lived in the States? Um, I've been a 30 years missionary guy. Ah, I like it. Okay. Well, you want it. Well done. So if you know my wife, my, my wife's Heather Erickson, and so you know that, you know, like, the Lord had something better for me than to just steal some Swedish girl, you know, against her will. He has to go all the way to South America to find me. Hey, <laughs> hey, I'm sure you'd say it's worth it, right? Yeah. I love it. Is, is anybody else, like, is anybody else here not born in the U.S.? Or would you consider yourself like, hey, like, like family or culture, like, I, I'm not necessarily, I don't, I'm not 100% American. It, it's okay. You can self-identify. Yeah. What What else do we? I was born here. Okay. But my parents were born in El Salvador. Uh huh. So I'm like a fluent Spanish speaker. Love it. Yeah. So you're born here. Your f- parents were born in El Salvador. Right. Okay. And you're a fluent Spanish speaker. Where do you live now? Um, Willoughby Hills. Cleveland. Cleveland. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Cleveland. Thanks. I don't geographically. I just that's how Cleveland. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. So, any if and you guys, please, please, please comment, okay, and please share. Um, it would be a little, yeah. I, I'm not the expert here, okay. Uh, anybody else? Okay. Um, okay. Just keep sleeping. I think that's the problem. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah, I messed something up. Okay. Okay. <laughs> No idea. <laughs> okay, it's not. It's not really that important. I just that's the one phrase. Uh, okay. So, okay, let's do this. Uh, I'm gonna break up into a couple small groups. Okay, we do this in Kyle. We love small groups. Okay, can like you five look up Matthew twenty-eight nineteen? Okay, tell and then I'll tell you what to do in a second. Can you guys do Matthew twenty-four fourteen? Okay, can you guys do Revelation five nine? Uh, can you guys look up the reference for when Jesus cleanses the temple? Okay. Can't remember if it's the first or second time, but you can maybe look up both of them. Okay. And then in the back row, uh, Exodus 12, 37 through 42, if you guys could look that up. You guys are the back row. Yep. And then you guys are the bonus row. You can just look up whatever you want or kind of gravitate towards somebody. Okay. Um, do you need me to repeat anything? Matthew twenty-eight nineteen, Matthew twenty-four fourteen, Revelation five nine, clearing the temple. When Jesus cleanses the temple, throws tables. Okay, Exodus twelve thirty-seven through forty-two. Okay, and here's my question: um, What does that passage tell us about God's heart for the nations? Okay. What does that passage tell us about God's heart for the nations? Because this is not a Kyophaism. This is not a the OMN have figured out that, that, that God loves the world. Like God knows he loves the world already. And we just get to play that out. Okay. So go ahead and look it up. 
uh, and then just just talk real, you know, let's do like two minutes, just talk amongst your row yourselves about how does that articulate God's heart for the nations. Okay? Ready, go. Okay, about 30 more seconds, and designate a speaker for your group, if you would, please. Thank <laughs> you. 
Jesus, or with their own thoughts on it. Or, that's good. That's good. Uh, I know you. Okay, thanks guys. I know you could talk more. Uh, if you could, uh, you guys share just real briefly. What does that tell us about God's heart for the nations? And you read Matthew twenty eight verse nineteen. Okay, so you're saying in God's eyes, say that one more time. We're all unified. Okay, we're all unified. So uh, if that's the Great Commission, that's what you're talking about, right? So I think he's even a little bit more specifically saying, Go into all the world, right, and make disciples of all nations. So he's kinda like double double dipping there with all nations, right? So it's not just making the making disciples of your own culture. He's basically saying, do cross-cultural ministry. Real ministry is actually cross-cultural because Jesus left his culture in heaven and came down to us, right? And Jesus is like, oh, do what I did, right? So we can't just have a ministry of all one ethnic or all one culture. You know, we have to wrestle with how do we make disciples of all nations, right? Because the Lord spoke that to his disciples, right? That's his, one of his last commands. Okay, you guys had what? We had Matthew 24 and 14. Okay. And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. I mean, we said it highlights a couple things. First of all, God's patience, the fact that he's waiting, mm. willing yeah. to wait yeah. because he puts that much value That's good. on all of the nations. It's very good. Um, and so that's a huge um, part of it. And then also that it's the gospel of the kingdom. Yep. And so there are a lot of people, even in America, who have not actually heard a true representation yep. of the it's gospel true. of the kingdom. They may be walking distance of a local church, but that doesn't mean that they've heard the gospel. Right? Absolutely. Thank you very much. Um, what did you guys have? Um, we had Revelation 5, 9, and it says, And they sang a new song, they meaning the saints. Okay. You are, all worthy, you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slaughtered and purchased people for God by your blood from every tribe and every language and make people and a nation. So we had mentioned that it says every tribe and every language and tribe doesn't necessarily mean ethnicity or where you came from. It means each group of people, mm -hmm. which I think relates to what you were talking about is if we're truly spreading the gospel in a correct way, we're reaching every group of people, not just our own or not just the ones that we see are outside of us. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Excellent. Good stuff. How about row behind you guys? You guys had the cleansing of the temple? Mm -hmm. yes. Did you find anything about the nations in that verse? We did. So we had Matthew 21, 12 yep. through 17. And it's pretty lengthy, but I'll read it. I'll read like first off. Jesus entered the temple courts and drove out all those who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling drugs. It is written, he said to them, my house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. And then there's actually <coughs> amazing cross-references. Yes, in yes. Isaiah 56.7, um, it says, this is where, um, it's sort of like a prophecy. Mm -hmm. It's not written, my house 
shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. Yes. Um, the point was that Isaiah prophesied and Jesus demanded that, you know, if Gentiles were to come into the church, are they able to pray? Yeah. And, you know, experience God's presence or is mm-hmm. it only used for profit? So we just kind of, you know, got to the point of it was all being used for profit instead of prayer. Like mm-hmm. the real reason or the presence to experience God. And even, excellent. So, and even in that, it wasn't, when, when Jesus, like, the Jews would know the scriptures, so when Jesus would stop at a end of a phrase that they knew, they would be able to finish the phrase, right? So when G- Jesus didn't forget the verse, he knew the verse. So he says, my house will be called a house of prayer, you know, and I think there may be other, there may be other things, there may be other references that actually list that out, but those audiences would know for all nations, right? And part of what was happening there, not just the prophet, not just the, the, the financial prophet, but they were preventing outsiders from actually worshiping because they were, in some ways, like, like inflating the prices. They'd have to do all these exchanges and these things, and they'd say, well, I'll give you a cheap junk dove for, super, like, for way more money than it's worth, and then you can't really worship very well with that. And so part of it, the, it was systematically preventing all nations from encountering the presence of God. Yeah. Go for it. They actually set up in the court of the Gentiles, which was that area of the temple designated for God seekers from other nations to come and find God. But they mm. filled that area with their tables yep. and money. It, it was like, we don't even want you here. Yeah. It, was, it, was, it was like hanging out a sign on the temple. If you're not Jewish, don't bother. Yes. And that's why Jesus was so mad. Yes. I mean, just to get real real, it would be equivalent of saying like whites only in your church. Or African Americans only. It would be that blatant that if you don't look like us, act like us, you're not allowed. Which is the opposite of what God's been doing all through Scripture. So no wonder He's flipping tables, right? That I really want a painting of Jesus. Like I want a really wide painting, small Jesus over here, and a table that goes and coins everywhere. If you find it, tell me, I'll buy it. Okay? I really, really want to. I'm like, to me, I'm like. That's Jesus. He ain't no wuss. Okay. Uh, what about back row? Well, we had uh, Exodus 12, 37 to 42. We, we kind of picked up on verse 38. It says, A mixed multitude went up with yes. flocks and herds and a great deal of livestock from Egypt. So um, we were thinking about their influence maybe in idol worship when they got to the Mount, Mount Horeb. But uh-huh. what I really see here is in the context of this worship, uh-huh. They must have seen something in the Jewish people, these mixed multitudes, that drew them to God. Okay. So they, it was not just the Egyptians that went up, but it was a variety of different ethnicities that went up with the Israelites. So, because they saw God in the Israelites' lives. So, there, so there's something unique. So we always like, oh, the Israelites left Egypt. Meaning, God's chosen ethnicity left a non-God's chosen ethnicity. That wasn't the case. It was mixed ethnicity that left Egypt, which that like opened up to me recently. Somebody shared that with me or showed that. I think I was reading a, a book, Missionary God, Missionary Bible. It's a devotional. I saw this like, what? It wasn't just the Israelites. Like this is a mixed culture community of God worshipers, and that reframes all of the desert and all of worship. We're like, this wasn't one ethnicity. This was a mixed ethnicity. And because we're always looking at the Israelites saying, yes, they're like God's chosen people, which there's an aspect of that, but God's chosen people is mixed 
ethnicity. It's multicultural. They have to figure out how to be together in ways that aren't just one culture. That, that should reframe our understanding of so much of the Old Testament. Just that very subtle phrase, a mixed multitude went out together. So good. You have, let me else add something. Go for Oh, yeah, you did. Sorry. Well, I just wanted to say that that verse has always stuck out to me as when God's people live out their freedom, everybody is welcome to come along. Yeah, yeah. If they're doing it right, yeah, there's, there's a welcoming to it. Uh, do we have anybody else? Yeah, go ahead. There's absolutely this, this sense of, I mean, shared humanity, right? Shared unity. But it is interesting in, in Revelation, where it says every tribe, every tongue, right? Where in heaven, in a perfect environment when there is no sin, there is a distinguishable nature to the, to the multitude. You don't lose your ethnicity in heaven. Which, which really should challenge us of like, oh... I don't need to take away your ethnicity and then take away your ethnicity and then now you're like a, a vanilla version of yourself, right? Mm-hmm. The Lord doesn't mean that every culture glorifies Jesus in everything that they do. That's just not true because we're sinful and we're broken. Right. But I believe in every culture there's an aspect that they may even glorify God better than we do. Right. I tell our students, in heaven, I don't mean this in any way, in heaven, I... I want the Africans leading worship, if I get a choice. <laughs> right? I want the Hispanics being a part of that too. Okay? The, the Americans, we can run the tech. We'll do real good at the tech. Right? Slot, we'll click the slides, because if you're in a Pentecostal church, ProPresenter was made for Pentecostals, not Baptists. You know that, right? Because if you're Baptists, you just click it, it's good to go. But Pentecostal, you're like, oh, third song, oh, back this song we used three months ago, first chorus, you know, whatever, like, you know, that's what's going to be happening, right? And so there is a, there's a glorification of Jesus that happens when you have multiple representations in the same way a family, right? Father, a mother, kids, they're, they're representing Jesus. You represent a sliver of Jesus, a sliver of Jesus, a sliver of Jesus, but together we can get a fuller picture of Jesus. You're talking about the apest in Ephesians 3, right? Apostle, prophet, evangelist, shepherd, teacher. They're not just supposed to be good apest people. They're supposed to help other people do better than that so we can actually grow into fullness of Jesus so Jesus would be known, right? That's why my wife and I fight all the time because she's a shepherd and I'm more of an apostle, as you can tell by how I'm talking. You know, it's very random. And, ah, you know, uh, but she just wants to sit and care for people, which is the heart of Jesus. <sighs> right? I, don't, I mean, yeah, Matt, like, we need Jesus to do that for us, right? He's the good shepherd, but he's also the greatest apostle that ever existed because he started the church. And nobody's going to match that. But together, we can have a much fuller picture of that. And if we can apply that to giftings, we should way better apply that to ethnicities, right? So this should change our, honestly, our view of the political system. When you go overseas, they don't care about Republican and Democrat. And maybe I'm preaching to the choir in that aspect, but like, and it doesn't mean there's not value in that. There's not value in like righteousness and holiness. But you go to Zanzibar, they don't care. 
they don't care who you voted for, right? So that should, so even engaging other nations should reframe our own values, right? It doesn't mean you go overseas and everything they do is perfect and godly and holy. It's not, because when you come to the United States, not everything is perfect and godly and holy either, right? And God has blessed the United States to do certain things in this season, which is awesome. But the South American churches have the trajectory to send out more missionaries than North America does. And if they haven't crested that already. So we can't claim that we send out the most missionaries maybe in like 10 years, right? Um, Which is great. Like I remember I went to a, a missions site in Mali and it was led by a Hispanic AG missionary. I was like, what? <laughs> I didn't understand what's going on here. You're Hispanic. You're reaching out to Mali. I thought that's just what like Americans do. You know, and he's like, no, I actually want to make a multi-ethnic team. I'm like, oh, that seems biblical, you know. Um, so it's awesome. This is like the, the secret sauce of ministry that actually makes it really flavorful, right? Um, okay, so I need to... Uh, I got about 25 minutes left, and so let me share a couple things. Um, so, this is what uh, in Chi Alpha we do college ministry. We reach internationals, but we're reaching the campus, and there's internationals on the campus plus God's heart for the nations. Okay, um, I'll, I'll share some of these stories. I know I'm, I know you guys are curious about the pictures. So, here's some of the things that we do. Uh, and we challenge all of our students, and I make them memorize this. So this is like the nations. Oh, I misspelled that. So we would say every student goes, gives, prays, welcomes. Okay, that's like our challenge for students. Like, you, you don't love the nations unless you're doing this. You know, that's just what we would tell our students. But obviously, you guys may not be working with students, so maybe you can change it to every member. Every member goes, like, cross-culturally on mission trips or across the community to the Hispanic Center. Like, not everybody goes everywhere, but every member could be engaging somewhere in in the going, okay? Um, Every person can give to God's work around the nations, if it's small, BGMC, something like that. Every member could do something. You could start somewhere. Every member can pray. It's free. Yeah. Actually, it's very costly of our time, but it's worth it, right? So it's maybe like the best investment you can make, right? And then also, this is something that we even talk about now of community, like every student or every member welcome. So what's one of the uh, markers of a quality elder in the New Testament? Talking about welcoming. Hospitality, right? Do we have the nations in our home? Maybe, maybe our small group leader expectations of, have you had somebody that doesn't look like you in your home in the last two months? Right? Or leadership or pastors, right? They, they don't do that no more. Um, they, I mean, one time they used to welcome you in their home. Um, if pastors or congregation would visit your home, now you don't get that. But I think we can get back to the biblical understanding, right? Where hospitality is opens up so many doors. And it, it's not the same thing as setting a formal dinner table out. It's like you can rest on my couch. And if you nap, it's not awkward. Amen. That, like, right? Amen. We, tell, we tell our students, you don't, you're not really friends with them unless they can get to your house without a GPS, without Waze, without Google Maps. 
right? That's a good marker, right? And you know, college students, they're like, how do I get two blocks over? Ways, you know, like, <laughs> right? Uh, how do I get to Chipotle, right? So this is just a reference. I'm not saying this is like, this is just what National Kyle says in our heart to reflect biblical God's heart for the nations. We challenge every student and specifically in our context, and you can run this out however you want, because I want to be, I want to admit, I do college ministry. Not everything we do works specifically. You guys have to contextualize that. But I think the core of God's heart is the same. It is the same. I don't think it is the same. And so it's up to us to contextualize that with prayer and with the Lord. So we expect every student to go on a cross-cultural mission trip before they graduate. So with, you got four years. And COVID messed that up, so we've snoozed it a couple years. And I say, okay, you can be an alumni and do it. But we, we give them four years to go, which means you probably should go on a short-term, easy one first, so you can work your way up to it. You know, some people can go zero to, you know, Zanzibar, but not a lot of people. Okay. We say every student should give to missions monthly, monthly, even if it's five bucks. And I'm not, I'm not begging over the coffee, the Starbucks. I'm, I'm, that's just the most overused example in my book about giving to missions, like cut your Starbucks out. You know, uh, there's just other things you could cut out, you know, or Uber or DoorDash or do something, you know what I mean? Like sacrificial that, but it should cost us to give to missions. Okay. Um, and I was challenged recently, I was reading that devotional, the widow gave to Elijah, no, Elisha, I was getting confused, Elisha, the, the poor widow, right? That widow has more money than any college student or high school student. No, sorry, has less money. Any high school student or college student probably has more money than that widow. So you can't be too poor to give to the nations, right? And the, and God's work around the world, right? And we challenge every student to regularly pray and have a growing heart for prayer that would extend after they graduate. So it's not just in Kyle for you pray for the nations. Like, no, in your life, pray for the nations, right? And then every student will welcome. Like, you have at least one international friend, okay? And I'm going to ask you, if I have one Hispanic friend, how many Hispanic friends do I now have? Yes! <laughs> Why? Why? Exactly. They, they come in groups, man. They first, like, you may come into my house the first time, but the next time you come, we're like, can I bring Joselito Jose and all these others? You know what I mean? Like, like all my friends. You know what I mean? Like, I get it. It's like, yes, come on, right? And that's such a good thing, right? You talk about building a small group. You make one international friend, you got more people than you could fit in your small group, yeah. right? Everybody can make one international friend, right? Um, and so that's, that's what we challenge of our students. So I just want, that's like a freebie. You can go with that. Uh, if you're in, I taught a session about young men, but I think this applies to just, and we see this, we see Jesus doing this with his disciples. He didn't just say, I'm going to build an international ministry and hope people come. He did not do the field of dreams model. You guys know the field of dreams model? Yeah, that it, it ain't working for Jesus. Okay, he didn't do it. He didn't, he's like, I'm going to build a nice heaven and then hope you figure it out. No, he came down, wrapped himself in flesh, the incarnation, got dirty, crossed the culture, right? Ate the local food, right? I'm going to go find people that are lost and I'm going to go fight for them because I know it's going to be messy. I know it's going to be complications. And I'm going to ask questions. I'm going to say something stupid and I'm going to receive a gift from an Asian friend with one hand when I should have done it with two hands because that's more honoring and respectful, right? I'm going to not take off my shoes when I walk into the kitchen on accident, but I should have taken off my shoes, right? That kind of stuff. You're going to fight for them, and then you're going to feed them spiritually, okay? 
like invest in them meaningful things just beyond, more not just to friendship um and that's yeah that takes effort that takes time but i think that's kind of the core of what we do so um let me tell you okay i gotta tell you this, this super fresh story so um actually no let me do this sorry <laughs> okay ah sorry okay james and priscilla uh, James and Priscilla, James came to my church, Bethel Christian, the son of God in Dayton, Ohio. He had to leave his wife in Kenya because they didn't only had so many lottery tickets, like lottery tickets to get to the States. Okay. So he worked and worked and worked and prayed and prayed and prayed. And we prayed that his wife, when he was leaving, he found out his wife was pregnant and he still left. So he came to our church. We connected with them. I'm honestly looking around our church. I'm thinking this, this, like, like he got, he got like acknowledged in the front of the church, which is great. But then afterwards, I'm like, who is his friend? Like who's talking and sitting with him among all these hundred people. So honestly, my wife and I, we just befriended James, Waweru. Um, and then we just became friends with them. Eventually his wife and daughter came over. I remember them. I remember picking them up from the airport. His, cause I don't know if he had a car back then. Um, and they were dressed to the nines because if you ever travel with Africans when they are on airplanes, man, they dress like we're like in sweatpants and like hoodies and whatever, right? We don't do our hair for that. Like they're like dressed. I was like, how did you come from Africa looking that sharp? I mean, they were walking off and it was awesome. And I remember before Priscilla or, uh, I'm blanking on their daughter's name. They have another boy and I think they're pregnant now with a third like before their daughter even could speak English, she's playing with the hose with my daughter in our front yard and just giggling and laughing. You know what I mean? And I was like, this is so awesome. And they're like, part of them thinking, you're wasting a ton of water. I'm thinking, well, water's cheap in the United States, so it's okay. You know, but just in a very practical way, like it was kind of a providential thing that this guy came, right? But he was welcomed in our church. He's loved by the community. And now they're still part of the church. They're actually part of a new church plant. And it's awesome. And God is doing so much stuff in their life. Not because of me, but because the community welcomed them, right? It's the fourth one. Just welcome. Uh, this girl is Sarone. I met her at a soccer game at Wright State. I didn't know her from anybody. I sat next to her and I noticed that she didn't look American. So I just asked her, I said, hey, uh, what's your name? And she said, Sarone. And she had a really thick accent. Probably, I don't want to say that. She just had an accent that's different than mine. Um, and I was like, where are you from? She said, Eritrea or Eritrea. And I was like, can you say that again? Eritrea. I'm like, I don't know where that is. Literally didn't know. And she showed me and it's, it's a country that broke off from Ethiopia. Is that right? But like 10 years ago. So it wasn't even a country like 11 years ago, something like that. Right. So I felt a little bit better. I'm like, okay, I, I, that's why I didn't know about it. But She's from a country I've never heard of, and she's sitting next to me at a soccer game. She moves into the Kyle Fowles a couple years later because people befriended her in the community, right? And her, her family was Orthodox Christian, so they've had a lot of difficult... Her family, like, basically refugees, but now she's a college student, and, like, so they've had to go through so much. Of course it's going to take some fight to figure out her in a community. She's going to have some issues with her roommates because her family remembers, like, running for their lives, and here's some of our college students are like, I'm just going to sit on YouTube. But like, this girl's running for her life, right? So does that make sense? Um, so she became a small group leader at Wright State Calpha. That was just kind of a fun thing. Oh, Hannah, now Baird, formerly 
Schrader, she was in our group, and so they kind of became friends too. And so missionary got to meet uh, Eritrean girl, you know, at little old Wright State. Uh, this guy's name is McFarlane. I saw him parking at the bottom of the Kalfa house multiple days, and he was like rummaging through his trunk. I honestly thought he was homeless. I didn't know what was going on. And I talked to him. His name's McFarlane. Turns out he was living out of his vehicle at the bottom of our ministry house. And I just talked to him. I was like, hey, dude, you know, how's it going? He was a, he was a grad student. Couldn't find housing. Living in it, living, living like his, every day at like 9 o'clock, he'd go grab the clothes out of his trunk and change and then go up to campus to go be in a lab to study smarter things than I've ever even known. And um, so I just befriended him on campus. His family owns a mango farm, you know, uh, where he's at. And so... Uh, you guys maybe know Nicole and Hader. Uh, it's not accurately how he pronounce his name. I'm not very good at that. But he was a Muslim on the campus of Kent State, got saved under the ministry of Jesse and Raylan Cook. Nicole was around that time, and now they're married. Nicole's pregnant, and it's just amazing. Like, he got radically saved. So much, like, Live Dead Ministries, like, working with Hader to say, like, hey, will you work with us in... His hometown, I think, Dick Brogdon is now ministering into. Isn't that crazy? Yes. So, like, the Lord's faithful to Hater, right? And so, just, I mean, it's just a college campus. And this, could ha- this is happening in our communities, okay? Um, this is uh, a couple of our international friends. Uh, like, the last couple of days they were here, we had them over for Thanksgiving. That's a really easy thing, just... My, I don't want to go back to a normal Thanksgiving. I just want to have a bunch of people from all nations at our dinner table. It's way more fun. And honestly, when they bring the food, it's way better food. Anyway, <laughs> Thanksgiving food is like the worst food holiday. Just personal opinion. This is Blow and Juicin. They live in Texas now. This is, anybody know what this is? It's hot pot. It's a plugged-in boiling pot of stew. Pretty intense because it, it was on a plastic table in their living room. thinking, this thing melts. It's, go, it's going through the floor. <laughs> Here's some duck heads, some tofu. I don't know what that is. Uh, they also had squid, and so when you throw raw squid in a pot of hot pot, guess what it does? It like it like comes alive because like all the muscles are tightening up, and you're like, oh, this is crazy. Uh, but like just friendship, like they showered our kids with gifts every time we went over there. Like, like. She's now like this really amazing cook down in Texas and she like has an Instagram and she's like famous with that and she's done food science and so she's like a professional chef and they came as, they, I don't remember, they, they came as Christians or one of them did and you know, we just got to help them through marriage issues and that kind of stuff and like we, we don't know what we're getting into but this is just so fun. Like it's just, this is way more fun than trying to convince people who've heard the gospel a hundred times to go do something about it, you know? Sorry, I'm, I don't know if I'm stepping on toes or not. Uh, this is what I believe. If you're a disciple of Jesus, you should make disciples of Jesus, right? Of all nations, right? Um, okay. So I got one really, real fresh story, and then I just want to do some Q&A and, and hear from you guys, okay? Uh, oh, don't like my stuff. Come on. Oh. Okay. Uh, you guys realize my students. So... Um, yeah, we did an all-nations service. Uh, Sarah came. Uh, your Sarah came to our nation service. A lot of fun. I looked around, and honestly, it was one of the worst numerically attended nights of our large gathering. And for Chi Alpha, we don't care about numbers with large gathering as much, but it was actually pretty disappointing numbers-wise. But we had 
we had like an African guy do it, do the tithe. We had an Indian student lead worship. Um, we had another ethnicity, another international student do the announcements, another international student do greeting. And if you look around, I was like, this is the most, the most diverse group on our campus. There's diversity groups on our campus that are less diverse than our local Chi Alpha. It's not because we're doing something like amazing. We're just trying to read the words of Jesus and follow it, right? And so, and also empower them to do good things. And so, uh, it was amazing because we saw all nations represented just in our little tiny, tiny corner of the world, right? This isn't OSU where internationals flock to OSU. We have like three or four major ethnicities at Wright State, like a lot of Saudis, a lot of Indian students and stuff, and a few like small um, other ones. But it was so awesome just to get a glimpse of heaven where every, not every tribe, but almost every tribe and tongue and nation on our campus was represented worshiping Jesus together. So the worst numerical gathering was one of my favorite nights all year because it really represented to everybody, this is how good it could be in heaven, right? Um, so that, that's not even the freshest story. The freshest story is um, uh, I was at Sinclair Community College. Who's heard of Sinclair Community College? Oh, a couple of you. Awesome. It's, it's an awesome community college, but uh, no, no but. It just is. About 25,000 students go there. We sit down, we just changed our, our main meeting and some other scheduled things, so we sit down at lunch and uh, we told our students and everybody like, hey, this is a missional lunch, meaning you just go make friends around you. This is not the Christian lunch. This is, if you see somebody sitting by themselves, you see somebody you don't know, invite them to lunch with you. Before we could even get there, we meet this guy named Jojo. His real name's Jawad. He's from Palestine, okay? Never met him before. He'd met a couple of our students and he was like, hey, you know, like he, he actually plays Smash Brothers, Super Smash with some of our students. Uh, and so they were friends. And, um, I said, hey, you got you to eat lunch? He's like, yeah, yeah, I'll eat lunch. let's eat lunch together. So this is like before we could even sit down at the table, we had an international student that we could invite to lunch with us, right? So we had about, I didn't take a picture, but you can just imagine this. We probably had about, 20 students, mixed group of people, some Christian. We had one girl that is not a Christian. She says she's spiritual. We just met her like that Tuesday. Jawad was a friend. He's from Palestine. We go up, we go to the Greek place in the, in the food court. And because that was like the one spot that he wanted. And I buy his Greek food for him. He's like, no, 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 we don't do that in my country. I said, we do that in my country, you know, just as a tease. And so I buy his Greek food. He's like super, he's like, oh, you're feeling kind of guilty. Like, uh, yeah. But I was like, this is not an IOU thing. This is just welcome to Ohio. Yeah. That's what it was. And so we sat down, but because we're eating together, he's eating Greek. I'm eating Greek. This other guy's eating Greek. Who's, he's a Christian, but he doesn't, he can't articulate the gospel very well. He's very rough. He's prejudiced. All these other things going on in his life. And I'm sitting with another one of our small group leaders and we just started talking and Jawad asked me like, what do you do? And I'm like, ah, it's always kind of an interesting question on the college campus. Cause depending, yeah. And I said, well, I graduate engineering, but, but now I'm basically a spiritual advisor for students. Cause I knew he wasn't Christian and um, or I assumed he wasn't. And he's like, oh, okay, that's cool. Because a lot of Middle Eastern men, they can argue with you over religion, but it's not, they're still friends with you. Okay. We can't do that here uh, very well. 
So we started talking about it, and no joke, throughout the course of that conversation, he asked questions like this. What do you mean Jesus is God? I, it doesn't make sense to me. Why did Jesus have to die? I'm like, this is like, <laughs> this is just over, over a euro, however you pronounce it, right? It's just over food, right? And we're just unpacking the gospel, not just me, but this small group leader and this really rash baby Christian who's prejudiced. And I, and I elbow, I was like, you better pay attention to this other, to Austin talking the gospel, because he's like kind of not paying attention all the time. I was like, pay attention, because this is like ministry happening, right? And so we get to break down the gospel for him in his context. And he kind of goes back for it. He was not argumentative at all. He's very devout to his Muslim faith. But we got to unpack the reasons of why Jesus died and why he can be human and God, fully human, fully, you know, fully God, fully, fully man. And talked to, like, we just use the analogy of like, because he was talking about his view of sin and, and the afterlife. And I was talking about how I'm too dirty to wash, to wash my own hands in regards to sin. I have muddy hands. I can't, I can't wash my hands with muddy hands. And I said, even if Austin wanted to wash my hands, he's got muddy hands too. He can't wash it. I want clean hands. I can only do it with a clean cloth, yep. like a pure clean cloth. And he's like, oh, of course, he understands that. And I said, that clean cloth? And he finishes my sentence. He's like, that's Jesus? I said, yes. <laughs> and he didn't accept the gospel at that moment, but he's having it unpacked for him in a way with a friend that he can ask questions. And then, then I, then, this is pre the, the main service. And then the main service or gathering starts at like uh, 2 o'clock. This is, or 1 o'clock and we're eating lunch at noon. And I said, hey, this other person's talking about forgiveness. Do you want to come with us? And he's like, ah. I was like, it should, we do a game, a person talks, and you can sit with Austin and he can answer any question you have. So we look at scripture about forgiveness. We talk about Jesus and how he forgave us and how we should forgive others. He engages in the conversation and he's, he was friends with some of our guys. And then I told this crash dude that plays uh, Super, Smash, Super Smash Brothers with him. I said, you got to be on him like hardcore. You got to befriend him. You got to be texting him. You gotta, he's like, I'm already on it. He's like, I'm, I'm going to invite him to play Smash Brothers. I'm going to invite him to my house. Like every student welcomes. And this dude, he's real rough around the edges, this other American guy. But Jawad like connects with him. And they're sharing the gospel together. And it's like, this is it. This is the gospel for all nations in our communities. And I don't want us to think that, oh, that's just on the college campus. This is in our communities. It just takes a little bit of effort to go find them. So here's a question. Where are the, inter where are the nations at in your community? I just want to hear. Just throw it out there. Where are the nations apartment at? Complex. Bingo. Apartment complex. And probably not just... One apartment. Bingo. Yep. Exactly. My neighborhood. Your neighborhood. Exactly. Where else? You everywhere. everywhere. It's awesome. Discord. Discord. Yeah, online. He did. Which he did. He did. I love it. We just sit there and go. Exactly. Exactly. Where else are they at in our in our, in our book? Yes. 
Okay. Yes. Awesome. So I interpret for people from everywhere. I love it. That's awesome. And I, I get a chance to pray with them because the America don't know what I'm doing. So good. I love it. You you pray in Spanish? Yeah. You be praying in tongues and they're like, oh, it's just Spanish. You know what I mean? I love it. I love it. So they're around us, right? Restaurants, right? Uh, neighborhoods. Those are two huge things, right? There's it. What'd you say? Grocery stores. Grocery stores. Yeah. It's awesome. Um, if you frequent the ethnic taco shop in your neighborhood long enough, you'll become friends with the owner and all of his family that probably works in the area, right? Um, okay. Can you and you and you can you just share any parting thoughts with us about how we can love, serve, care for the nations in our neighborhood? So could you three just share with us? You know, I'm going to give you the platform. You want to go first? Because I gave you the most heads up. What's something that people could do to love people in their neighborhood like um, you? Just, I mean, the way I, I would, like, I, I like cooking, making food for mm -hmm. everybody. So, inviting people over. Yeah. People like I, I work with. So. Awesome. So, food's a huge part of it. I like food. Absolutely. I like sharing food with like, You know what? And, and, it, and it would make a difference if I tried your food and liked your food and wanted your food, right? More than just, I'll just bring my American hot dogs with ketchup. Come on now. Right? Yeah, like I want people to try it. Absolutely. Absolutely. If you go overseas, you got to eat whatever's on your plate, the whole thing, right? So it doesn't matter if you like it, you know, but you will like it because it's really, really good. So. Okay, I do in my job, like uh, I interpret so many different people and when they come to the, the, the hospital, of course they come in because they're sick. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, they pray with them. It's one time somebody passing by got sick and stuck in the hospital, and uh, I get a chance to pray for this person. And when I say, well, "Can I pray for you?" He hold my hand and I go, like, "Okay." And we were praying, and after the, the, the next day, I go back to the hospital because I have patients to visit, and they told me, "You gotta wear this." And I go, "Like, oh, why is all this?" Well, the person from last night, the person that I prayed for, it, it has a contagious uh, disease. Oh. Mm. So I went like, oh, my God, he already touched my hands. So, uh. so I went back, and, uh, and I dressed like this, and he asked me, what's going on? So I explained what happened, and, and I said, but don't worry about it. The same God that I prayed yesterday for you, for you to be healed, it will, it will help me. Amen, and amen. I never got the disease. Amen, amen. Yeah, yes. And the other thing is, I'm, in my eyes, always catch who's a Hispanic person. Yes, yes. And like a, I, in, in a whole way, I find already a Cuban I just look at, oh, it's Spanish. Yeah. And then um, I was walking, I also speak Portuguese. So I heard two ladies speaking in Portuguese. So I asked them where they came from and, and you know, ask their name. And that's the way I go. I look at somebody and kind of figure it out. Or I, I always listen what language yep. they speak. Yep, yep, yep. I'm, I'm very good in that. And I ask them, oh, where are you from? You speak different than Yep, exactly. And it's, it's easy, right? If we just see them, notice them, 
right? I don't mean them like other people. I, you know, I, mean, I don't mean that negative way. Just see those who don't look like us, right? Once you, you, the Lord will give us eyes for this, right? And then just saying hello, not like the American hello of like, hey, hope you have a great day, and then you're passing. Like, stop and talk. I can't tell you how many internationals I've just talked to. I've just, I've just stopped long enough just to actually have the, the full conversation of, hey, how you doing? Good to meet you. What's your name? No, no. What's your full name? Right? I'll, I'll butcher it, but I'll try. Right? Hey, where are you from? That's a very disarming question. And they can answer however they want. You know, or I notice you have an accent. Are, is your family from somewhere? Right? We're so freaking freaked out about like we're going to get punched or something's horrible going to happen. Like I've never been punched by an American or an international. I will probably get punched by an American before I'll get punched by an international. You know? Um, Do you have anything else, Dad? Yes. Yes, absolutely. My kids love, my kids are better eaters because we challenge them and, and kind of force them to read each, eat other, ethnic, other, other ethnic foods. Their life is rich because we pray for the nations. They, they have a better upbringing because they know Darlington from Ghana who lived with us. I didn't even share about that. But like she lived with us for 12 months. Their life is better. This doesn't ruin my kids. This makes my kids better. And I can't tell you like how much my life is inspired and challenged by the faith of my friends from other nations. I don't have the cap. As an American, I don't have it all figured out. So I meet some like, you know, my African friends, they pray down heaven. My Hispanic friends, like they are like showering me with hospitality. I'm thinking I'm embarrassed, you know? Like, like, it's not just that God says, okay, Americans reach all nations. It's supposed to be all nations reaching all nations, right? And if we're doing that, the fullness of Jesus is represented, and he gets full glory. Did you have something? Yeah, too. Just something that was laid on my heart recently, too. Like, I don't know if, like, this resonates with anyone else in the room, but, like, learning languages. Yeah. Like, actually taking the time to ask God, like, what kind of language are you going to lay on my heart? Yeah. Totally. So much like Yep. Which which is awesome. And what would be but to be honest, I'm terrible at learning. I barely know English. Okay? So what we could do I'm serious. You can make an international friend and say, "Hey, will you teach me just the basic phrases?" Right? Then you're doing all these together and learning the language, right? So we don't need all this crazy prep. Part of it is just just go do it, right? Um, I know we're past our time, so if you can go, just got to go real quick. Um, God laid this verse on my heart earlier when you were talking, and the things you just kept mentioning and reaffirmed it. The verse that came to mind, I don't know exactly where it is, but it's one that we normally think of with benevolence. Mm-hmm. And it says, you know, don't invite the people that you already know yep. to come meet with mm-hmm. you. But invite those that, you know, they're out and about, invite them. And it just seems to me like that's what you were doing over and over again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's that's just what the Lord's done, though. Yeah. The Lord is the best cross-cultural missionary, yep. and we just want to do what He does, right? Jesus, thank you so much. You are the best cross-cultural missionary. You did all these things to the nth degree, and you did it right. We just want to do it like you did it, broken as we are, but Lord, help us to reach the nations in our communities because you're worthy of glory from their lips and our lips and the fullness of your sacrifice what you paid for. 
In your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Have a great day. Appreciate you guys. Thank you. You're welcome.